The following program deals with a controversial subject. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. This is your captain speaking. We are beginning our descent into madness. And we are back to another edition of What's the Rocky Sound, Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late for uh, some of you out there in the East Coast and other places, but you know what? Tonight we're going to make it worth your while, as opposed to any other night. I don't know. <laughs> Genevieve, how you doing up there? I'm doing all right. Right next to you. Not right really next, all there. the way over there. <laughs> That's just, you know, force of habit. Anyways, tonight we have a very, very interesting show, as, as many people know, right? Here on West of the Rockies, we cover just about everything. Um, you know, we've had some great guests, some amazing topics, and tonight is no exception because we have a very, very talented artist tonight. And Genevieve, I'm going to uh, hand over the microphone to you <laughs> so that you may be so kind. I'll use mine. To introduce so, us. So, um, as many of you know, James Picard is a renowned Canadian artist dividing his time between Vancouver and Los Angeles. He was driven by creative forces from a very young age, teaching himself to paint by apparently reading extensively. Um, in one of the documentaries, which we've actually seen, um, it's called James Picard Off the Canvas. Um, he describes how, as a young boy, he often drew on the backs of cupboards, um, the doors of cupboards and under the sheets by flashlight in order to hide his compulsion for creating as he grew up with little support for his talent, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Um, at the age of 18, his tenacity and talents drew him to prestigious art schools such as Sheridan College and the Ontario College of Art, where he began formal studies to develop his raw artistic talent. Picard has exhibited extensively over 100 art shows throughout North America and Europe. He has had the rare privilege of painting live with renowned composer George Blondheim and the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra. His work, prized by an ever-growing number of collectors, can be seen in both public and private collections across Canada, the United States, London, Paris, Japan, Germany, Spain, and Australia. So basically the entire world. Awesome. Um, Picard's work has elevated to such a high degree that has been exhibited next to world renowned art legends such as Picasso, Matisse, Miro, and Warhol. Not bad company to be in. He's also an active and gifted teacher, um, both practice and theory. In art, of course, um, he teaches drawing, painting, and sculpture in Vancouver at various post-secondary community locations. He's been commended for his work with both hospitalized and inner-city kids and for starting up the first sculpture class in the province of British Columbia for visually impaired students. Um, his creative philosophy is based on following one's own creative urge, so he firmly rejects producing art solely for the demands of the market and has spoken out to artists and students urging them to avoid doing so hmm. so i am i'm extremely glad to welcome james picard onto the show james can you hear us okay i, I can hear you fine that was quite an introduction thank you <laughs> no 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 thank you uh for for joining us tonight all the way from uh, uh british uh, uh columbia canada i must say that it's, it's quite humbling that you take the time off to to be on the show and and discuss i've i've 
looked into your work, uh, you know, preparing for the show, and I've enjoyed going through. Uh, you're just a talented guy. I mean, you you're literally an artist Art machine. <laughs> yeah, by definition. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit? Because you you do oil, you do acrylic, you do watercolors, but you also do uh, sculpting, sculpting, metal work. Um, where does all this energy and ideas come from? Well, that's that's a big question. I mean, where does it come from? I, I, I'm not even too sure. I just have a compulsion to create. I think it's a passion. When you have a passion and you follow it and you, uh, you know, you don't divide your, your energies into other uh, types of things and you just focus on one thing in one way, I guess I put all my eggs in one basket, but um, yeah, the, the creativity breeds creativity and, and um, you know, by creating, I mean, I, I started to draw ever since I could hold a pencil and uh, I haven't looked back since. And, and the more I do it, the, the more I want to do it. There's a, an excellent documentary that people can watch on YouTube uh, um, about you called uh, James uh, Picard off the canvas, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's really fascinating. And people can really see, you know, you hear a lot about people who just can't hold back their creative urges, if you will. But here on camera, it's a different level, yeah, right? You can see that it's almost you're not at peace unless you're making something or creating something or bringing life to something. It's really fascinating. Yeah, that's Joe. That's exactly it. I, I do feel at peace. I feel like I'm in. Um, th that's when I'm, I feel most myself is when I'm creating. Mm. And um, though I've been doing this my whole life, I, I still feel a blank canvas to me is it feels like uh, I'm a kid at Christmas time. And I just want to uh, create my mind is full of uh, a multitude of ideas and, and visions uh, constantly and uh, it's I, I run out of time every day trying to get these things out of my head and onto canvas or sculpting or drawing or whatever medium I'm using to to sort of get this out of me it's it seems that um, yeah it's, it's never-ending supply of creativity for whatever I've tapped into you know I'm, mm -hmm. I'm grateful for it apparently you go up to days without sleeping is that true it's true i mean my record this is going to sound crazy but five days oh is my, record. my goodness um, just creating but you know it's funny because um uh i do believe like when i am creating it does recharge my battery mm -hmm. in a way that i mean most people i mean we sleep and we eat and when that yeah. you know, re rejuvenates us and as, as far as i go with same thing as well but creating also it feeds it feeds my soul as well which is uh um it's something that gives me energy uh, as well as the energy i'm putting into it and when i get into the zone and i'm creating i i lose all track of time i mean it could be night or day and i just sort of go and mm -hmm. um until I'm completely exhausted, that creativity is exhausted out of me. And at times, yeah, I go for days and days, a day and night, no sleep. And it's funny because um, when I say I've been up for days, I, I, I haven't taken a break. Like, I just I can, I just keep going. And for, for whatever reason, maybe it's practice. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. But, um, yeah, to go 48 hours or wow. 72 hours painting is, uh, is, is seems to be no problem for me. You know, that's really interesting and that's just a thought of the moment sort of thing. But I recently um, was reading articles online that, you know, people sleep because the 
dreaming helps them to, you know, prevent them going crazy and prevent psychosis, etc., etc. But it seems to you that that outlet, the outlet of something visual, which most people, you know, need to sleep to experience, you seem to experience while awake. I, I don't know. I'm kind of trying to link those two ideas, but it seems that that's how you prevent yourself from going crazy instead of sleep yeah, you draw maybe I'm, maybe I'm already crazy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it's funny because you, you say that it, may, it makes sense to me um, I, I sort of look at life um, there's two worlds that I sort of live in I have a foot in each world and there's the reality of life that we you know live day to day and mm -hmm. you know things have to bills have to be paid etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but then there's also that world of creativity where that there is no time, there's no, um, it, it's just this uh, time-space continuum mm -hmm. that just sort of continues. Um, it, it's a really interesting uh, place to be. I think a lot of people who are creative that I know, musicians or actors or writers, uh, when you get into that creative zone and you're going, you, you lose track of a lot of things. And um, I think I think you're pre pretty bang on when you when you say that because... Um, it does it does create a balance for me for sure. You mm -hmm. know, perhaps that's why I can maintain that, um, you know, without cutting my ear off or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope we don't go there. <laughs> but hey, since uh, since you brought it up, talk about dark and wounded, right? Um, that is the name of what can I call this? Is it a, a tour, an exhibit? You travel with this and put your paintings on show. Would you call this a tour, an art tour? Um, it is an art tour. It's, I call it, uh, as it's been developing, I, I started this, it was a series. It started as a simple series of paintings okay. and has developed into uh, an art experience is what I like to call it because it's developed into something that sort of, um, it, it has a mind of its own in a way. It's, it's mm -hmm. developing in a way that I wasn't too sure where it was going, but it's definitely taken a, um, a like a... Uh, the body of work is just going into a, uh, a direction of its own, that, and I'm just sort of allowing it to do that. It it started as a, um, um, as we talked about just a bit earlier, uh, my whole life has been about creativity, and I feel uh, that's why I was put on the planet in a way, is just to create and paint, and that's where I find my, not just joy, but that's where my passion for life is. It, life is about art. There's no, um, it, the line blurred a long time ago. So mm -hmm. my, my life is, is my art. My art is my life. Um, what happened with the dark and the wounded, I'm, as I'm painting, um, to wrap this up in a nutshell, what happened was one day, um, I mean, I have used, um, different aspects of, uh, of life in, in, to enhance my creativity, the dark, both dark and light. Mm -hmm. And um, what happened was I was speaking with a, a friend of mine who were having tea and it was around Thanksgiving and she said she was having trouble going to, you know, she didn't want to go to her parents' house. It was so awkward for her. And I said, yeah, I mean, you know, going to your parents is always awkward sometimes. You know, people have dysfunctional families. And mm -hmm. she said, no, it's because my father had raped me since I was a little girl. Oh, wow. And um, I said, well, what are you talking about? And she said... Um, yeah, it's really difficult because we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And he raped my sister as well. And I said, what? I'm not comprehending what's going on here. Are you telling mm -hmm. 
your father raped you and nothing has happened. No one's, you've told no one, like this man was not in jail. Like, mm -hmm. what, what's going on? And she said, I never should have told you. This is my dark secret. Mm -hmm. um, I, you wow. know, I confided in you and I just went, wow, like, right. this, this is crazy. And what I ended up doing, our friendship ended there because, um, oh, wow. you know, she got very defensive mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. this fear of you know, letting the secret out, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think became too much for her. And I, I did her portrait and I started thinking about, you know, the dark and wounded aspects of humanity. And, and mm -hmm. as human beings on the planet, we, we carry things in inside us that are dark and wounded. And, and the darkness is, is what happens when we don't deal with the wounds and... And that started in a simple portrait, which led into me examining my own life. Mm -hmm. I went through, a, I had a very tumultuous childhood full of a lot of trauma and um, abuse from my alcoholic father. And, and that sort of went into the series. And then mm. I started examining sort of societal dark wounds and uh, historical dark wounds in the scheme of, you know, humanity and, and the human species on the planet. And it led into this giant series of, of paintings. That's it in a nutshell. Now, let's, if it's okay with you, because obviously, you know, this is a very profound topic which you're tackling uh, through your art. And for the people who are tuning in uh, via iHeart, maybe they, they'll want to go to our Ustream channel. Right now, we're playing in the background, we're playing uh, your uh, video. Uh, that uh, people can find on your YouTube channel, I believe it's, uh, they can just search uh, James Picard and they'll see a yep. video there about the dark and the wounded. And I recognize the, the first place that I see here. Uh, it's a place that I've been to many times, <laughs> as you can imagine, doing a show like this, and that's Linda Vista Hospital. Uh, tell me a little bit about yeah. this, because I know you like to go to these places and sit down with your, with, your, with your brushes and your paint and your canvas and start painting. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay, well, uh, originally, okay, with the series, I'll, I'll get to that in one quick second okay. here, so I'll just uh, briefly uh, preface it with, uh, with the, when I did the series and I showed it to gallery uh, owners that I knew and some of the galleries I dealt with, they said, there's no way they're showing this work because it's too disturbing, it's too raw, and people don't want to see it. Right. Uh, so immediately I thought, okay, I'm totally on to something. And, uh, excellent. No As most people gonna, would. Where am I going to show this? <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> so I thought, okay. And then, um, what happened was I, I, uh, around that time I got asked to do a, um, be a hand double in this movie. The actor was a, supposed going to be a painter and he couldn't paint. And so mm -hmm. they hired me to, to be a hand double and it was a, done in an asylum. And so when I wasn't on set, I was wandering around the asylum. I thought, you know, this is dark and there's a lot of dark and wounded places, a lot mm -hmm. of places, a lot of crazy energy out there that as a society, we sort of, you know, we hide away and yeah. we don't, uh, we don't get a chance to look at it. And I thought this would be a perfect place to exhibit the work and, and have this experience happening. And, and then I started researching, um, all these places online mm -hmm. and um, I started setting up shows and Linda Vista Hospital mm -hmm. uh, was a phenomenal building and yeah. I actually discovered I was in LA and, and um, my, my first introduction to that, I, I found this online and oh my god I gotta get down there and check it out and I didn't know how to get in there so actually I uh, I, I went got into the building mm -hmm. and I wandered around with my iPhone and uh, it was, I thought, this is an incredibly wow. eerie place, and mm -hmm. I thought this is where I want to exhibit it. So um, 
in these buildings, this energy, and if you've been in Linda Vista Hospital, mm-hmm. like it's, yeah, that was an incredible place. So, yes, oh my gosh, it's fascinating. Building. A lot of uh, phenomenal energy. And, and in the, we decided to paint in the morgue and, and film it. Mm-hmm. Cause th- this whole uh, series turn, and event uh, exhibition has turned into a documentary film as well, which we're filming. So uh, we went into the morgue so I could paint in there and just get that vibe, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if you heard about what happened to Linda Viss, unfortunately. Uh, it's been turned into housing for, for the elderly, uh, which is a shame because I, I agree. I I'm mean, not that, sure if it's just a shame. I'm kind of... Well, we're, I, yeah, I'm I also worried about the people about that. that are there. <laughs> no, but I, I've been there on several occasions, and whether it was my own you know, mind playing tricks on me or whatnot, but certain things happened that made me go like, holy cow, there's some really crazy stuff going on here. But you say that the energy there was really good for you, et cetera, et cetera. What do you mean by that? How were they good for you? Was it good for your art considering the uh, the subject matter you were attempting to uh, portray on, in your uh, painting? Um, well, yeah. I mean, different buildings have different energy. And Linda Vista Hospital was probably one of the most unique buildings that we have been in as far as uh, creepy, bizarre energy goes. And um, in order to sort of, with my paintings, I mean, I really want to feel, Mm -hmm. it's it's about, it's a feeling thing. And um, to sketch, draw, or paint in these environments, um, you really get the essence of that energy. And Mm -hmm. I love to try and transfer that into the work. with Linda Vista, uh, there was an interesting little anecdote that happened because we had a reporter that was going to come in while we were uh, having an exhibit there, mm-hmm. and she was going to meet me in the morgue while I was painting, and um, she never made it down there, and I didn't know what happened to her. Perhaps she didn't show up. I wasn't okay. sure, and we had set up an easel, and I started painting. I painted this, uh, and I have no idea what I'm painting. I'm just sitting down, and I start to create, and I'm, I'm looking for a just something will come to me, and you, it usually does in these buildings quite quickly. Um, yeah. Could I just ask? So I got ask, this vision in my head. What's um, that? Could I just ask? Do you do you see a, an an image? Do you see a full image, a, a completed painting on your mind, or do bits just come to you? How does it how does it look like in your head? <laughs> um, well, do you know what? It it tends to be a full image. It comes as a. Uh, I get this feeling. It's either this. Um, it's it's very strange because it'll be like a sadness or a, mm-hmm. I don't know, there a fear or an anger or something. I'll get this bizarre feeling, and mm-hmm. then I start to see little flashes of imagery in my head, and then usually I see an image of a person, and then I'll will mm-hmm. create that person and and draw them or paint them. And mm-hmm. in Linda Vista Hospital, I had painted uh, a portrait of a little girl. Oh, and, I know where this is um, going, James. I know where this is going. Yes. But go ahead. And, uh, <laughs> and this, well, this reporter who who did not show up, I contacted and I said, you know, what happened? Did you, you know, you didn't make it down? And she said, well, I did. And they told me you were in the morgue, and I was heading to the morgue to talk to you, and I heard the voice of a little girl whispering in my ear to get out, and I oh. got the hell out of that building. Oh my wow. God! And, and I just went. It's very creepy i mean i i just went are you kidding me and she said no and i said because i was painting a little girl oh wow wow and presumably this wasn't um a paranormal reporter or anything this was just someone coming to interview you and they experienced that this is just coming yeah coming to check out the show and interview me and um 
yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting, and I really feel that uh, the paintings. A lot of people who have come to these events mm-hmm. um, or come for the filming have all they've. Most people keep saying that the paintings belong in these buildings, and mm. they they really adapt to the energy of the building, and the energy of the building adapts to the painting. It really creates a really great symbiotic feel to it. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more we go in there, the more. Um, yeah, these these images keep coming to me, and I feel that the paintings are are no longer just me creating. They're almost like a voice for everyone with that energy that's within the buildings. Now, and I'm just uh, gonna kind of tie up the the Linda Vista thing. I don't know if you know the story about the little girl at Linda Vista, but for the listeners at home that maybe are not familiar with it, although we've spoken about it a few times. Um, uh, Rich from Boyle Heights Paranormal Project, who looked after the property for a while there, he's the one that uh, told me that apparently there was a little girl that was uh, hit by a car and died uh, in front of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And that apparently they believe is a little girl that they've captured numerous times through, you know, like voice recorders and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, it's really creepy. Now, James, I know that you also went to another place that unfortunately I only got the pleasure of going to once, and that was the uh, the the Lincoln Heights Jail. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your experience there? Did you paint there, or did you just have like an exhibit there? No, we just we exhibit and film there. But okay. just to backtrack one second, I'm I'm a little freaked out because I didn't even know about that little girl. Oh no, but, you didn't. Oh, okay, sorry about that. I thought maybe you knew, and that's that's why you yeah, were bringing it say, up. Yeah, this is I quite a big point. Yeah, right? that's why I was like, oh, James, James, I know where this is going. Oh, so nobody told you that story. Uh, yeah, no one told me that she story at all. It's the first time I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, they, that's wow. the uh, that's one of the big uh, that's that's one of the entities that that people seem to capture a lot in Linda Vista. Um, I've I've captured a few EVPs there, none of a little girl, but I've heard the EVPs from other people, you know, uh, <laughs> those voice recordings from and, other people, and, and you hear... captured a f- dark figure of a, a small, long head. Yeah, we could argue that like it, it was a little... Like object, so <laughs> but, it's all, it always seems to always hint at a little girl, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, no, sorry about that, James. I didn't mean to gloss over it, but yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, that, that's why I was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. I know what this is (laughs) or who this is for that matter. Well, I thought, (laughs) wow. I thought perhaps you'd heard me say that to someone or something. No, 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 no. no. I didn't know that. No. Incredible. Yeah, that is really, that's really spooky. Can I just get it in there? Because I'm, I know, you know, people listening right now, they're generating various theories and you can approach it from different angles, but what would you say or feel you are or what gift do you think you have? Because I know for certain some people will call your ability to channel these energies a, a type of medium ability. You're like, you have some sort of psychic power or um, uh, an ability to tap into a different wavelength. How would you view it yourself? Well, Joe, I, I don't think I'm a, I'm a medium of, of any kind. I, I just feel like um, I, I know that as an artist, I mean, um, there's been several times where I've painted where, um, I, mean, I mean, definitely creativity. There's something unique about creativity. I mean, there's a there's a reason why we're, we're all drawn to art and paintings and mm-hmm. there's a real mystery about it. And um, there is something, um, th- there's something about the energy of it. And I, m- I remember... Um, uh, to me, I'm I'm drawn to you know artists Rembrandt or Van Gogh. People have put their heart and soul in it. There's an energy. You go and look at a painting, and there's a definitely energy there. And for me, it's always about trying to capture that energy 
not just the um, rendition of who the person is or realistic adaptation of you know what, what I'm looking at, but the real energy of the person. And I think for some reason, um, I love I like I love energy. I, I think we're all energy, mm-hmm. and I I try and capture the energy of people. And I think being in these buildings, um, I'm just picking up on that energy. And for some reason. Um, it's it's pretty it, as we progress with this whole tour there's a there's a I, I, it seems like I'm getting clearer and clearer um, images in my head mm-hmm. when I go into these places and um, like I said I'm not I don't I'm a painter I'm an artist but I'm definitely tapping into there's something I'm tapping into something for sure you know it's interesting because you described the um, the creative realm as I guess a timeless um energy right a, a timeless realm so it's interesting that possibly the ideas of past and present do kind of merge in that case <laughs> i think so and i mean if we look at art i mean we as human beings we you know a lot of us i mean we want to leave something behind i mean what art you know um i think whenever you as a human being when you put all your energy into something um it's there and as a painter i mean you look at great master painters that put their energy in there. I mean, hundreds of years later, we're standing in front of these yeah, canvases yeah. and we can feel this essence of the energy that is the person who created this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's something really that we don't understand. We don't understand it. And and um, um, that's what I'm trying to do, I think, in a way. And that's what is happening when I'm going into these buildings give it as a well. Voice, I guess. I'm not standing and painting a portrait of someone, but I'm picking up on the energy that's there. Mm-hmm. That's really, really interesting. And uh, James, can you tell us what are some of the other places you've been to? Uh, what other abandoned locations have you been to, and what has your experience been like at these places? Well, we've been. We started in 2012, and we did uh, mm-hmm. Riverview uh, Psychiatric Hospital in, in just outside Vancouver, and um, we went down and did um, Linda Vista and Lincoln Heights Jail that you mm-hmm. were talking about, which maybe we want to get back to whatever you were discussing about that. Um, and then we went across and we did Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia and um, Rolling Hills Asylum, which mm. was an interesting building because I had the same sort of, uh, um, I did a few drawings in okay. um, Rolling Hills Asylum and, and um, I wasn't doing any painting there, but we were. I was drawing in my sketchbook and uh, the owner, mm-hmm. uh, Sharon, mm-hmm. um, I, did, I was in this one room, and I just got this vision again, this clear vision of this nurse, and I drew this weird drawing of this nurse. Mm. And um, so a few weeks later, Sharon got hold of me and said, you know, we're going through the archives, and we found this picture in the newspaper in the 50s or something of a nurse that used to work here. It looks like the drawing I did. That's wow. Crazy. And it's, it's pretty crazy. That is And nuts. I'm not too sure why. I'm, you know, I just... I just have this vision in my head and I'm just following mm-hmm. what's coming to me. And I, I don't feel afraid of it. I just feel like mm-hmm. I'm just trying to capture it. And, and um, I'm finding it all quite fascinating. Well, you know, we've had loads of different theories of, um, I don't know, whether ghosts and spirits exist and what they are if they do. And, you know, on the one hand, you've got they're just spirits or ghosts of past human beings and they're floating around but then the other one is the theory that like you said things are just energy and um when things happen and people you know endure experiences in certain locations a snapshot 
of the experience and of the event is left behind. So rather than it being an entire, um, you know, spirit with personality, it's it's a snap a snapshot of energy of what happened there. And it seems like you're able to put that snapshot into a material piece of art. That's what it sounds like. Yes, and that's exactly it. I mean, it's not just it sounds that way. It seems like that's what's sort of happening. Mm -hmm. And I just, um, um, I just attribute it again. I think to just being um, as an artist, just focusing my my all my sort of energy into creativity and uh, really being able to pick up on, on on energy, whether it's people in front of me or what's happening, you know, in the buildings or what has happened. Uh, what what's really kind of freaked me out though, which I wasn't expecting, is that I'm I'm actually doing this and it's creating I'm creating images of of you know energy that seems to be within these buildings and then you know, mm -hmm. it's being backed up with other things like you're saying this you know a girl was hit you know and right. obviously yeah, she yeah. went to the morgue and I'm going wow that's pretty phenomenal that's pretty nuts yeah well well it's <laughs> you know what's interesting is not just being able to talk about it but having stories like that. To, to back it up yeah. and kind of explore the whole. I mean, it's the idea behind it that's really interesting. James. Yeah, and it's funny because these. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 please go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, when I first went into some of these buildings, like I was, it was pretty creepy in a way. Like, you know, you walk around these buildings, but um, I find them, uh, the more buildings I go into, the more peaceful they are. I find them um, very peaceful and very. Um, I'm just drawn to them in such a way, no, no pun intended. Um, I'm just drawn to them in a way, um, you know, that's, that's just, I don't know. It feels, it feels so um, good to be in there and to be creating in there. Well, it seems like there's a, there's a purpose for it. You, you have, you know, an amazing gift and you're actually doing something with it. And I'm, I'm sure it's not a coincidence. No, I, I don't know if I believe in coincidence. I mean, mm -hmm. that, yeah. that makes two of us, James. Uh, and speaking of, you know, places, the next stop is going to be a place that everybody has heard of. I'm sure some people may have toured the place. It's, it's in my list of places that I want to go to. But your next stop is going to be the uh, former prison of Alcatraz. How were That's you correct. drawn to yeah. this place? Well, um, Alcatraz... Um, the, the biggest thing with Alcatraz, I mean, when they, when it became a federal prison was, you know, if you break the rules of society, you go to prison. And if you break the prison rules, you go to Alcatraz and it held the most, uh, you know, hardened mm -hmm. criminals and, the, you know, the most murderous, you know, craziest, you know, and most of you know, these guys escaping. So the, the worst of the worst went to Alcatraz. Mm -hmm. And for me, again, with that energy, um, I thought, you know, and I, I had been to Alcatraz before, and it it's a phenomenal place, and it has its little mark in history. Um, again, like talk about dark and wounded. This is mm -hmm. uh, one of the bigger dark and wounded places that that we have in the world. And and I thought, you know, I would love to get in there and film and do some drawing and and have an event in there um, and just experience all that because it's that that's. I mean, you go into some of this energy that's floating around some of these buildings is pretty phenomenal. And mm -hmm. like I said, it really enhances the art. The art enhances the, the sort of energy of the building. And some of these buildings like Alcatraz is just, it's full on. Mm -hmm. And um, we do all these, um, all the events that we do are held at night. And so there's a, there's a real uh, incredible feeling that happens in there. And, mm -hmm. and I cannot wait to get in there. 
I'm so anxious to get them. Honestly, I can't wait for you. (laughs) Will will you draw or paint there? Will you get an opportunity to? Um, Well, I've always got my sketchbook with me. I don't Mm -hmm. know if we'll have enough time Mm -hmm. to uh, do any painting in there. We're definitely, I mean, we have the cameras rolling, and um, I'll definitely be doing some drawing in there, and I have no idea. What's really interesting, which I didn't even know, uh, in 1946, when they had the, uh, um, there was an escape attempt with... um, three of the um, um, prisoners, and um, it was on May, I think it was May 2nd, they um, mm-hmm. murdered one of the guards and they broke other cells, and and May 5th, I believe it was, that they found their bodies in there, they had gone in and killed them, and they were going oh, in on May 5th, which is pretty incredible. So I, I just was up all night again mm-hmm. the other day, and I was going through my Alcatraz book, and I came across this information. I went, mm-hmm. I am definitely going to be doing some drawing, and I'm, I'm very curious as to what what uh, what comes out of that. And I know there's a, a few questions in the chat room. We'll get to them shortly. If anybody has questions, feel free to post in the chat. Tweet us at WOTRRadio.com. We'll uh, try to get them in in time before our time with James is over. But James, I wanted to ask you, you know, you seem to be pulling a lot of uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, energy, um, I don't want to sound too redundant, from the places, you know, where you find this energy that fuels your your desire to paint. And with this series, The Dark and the Wounded, uh, to some people it might seem a little selfish to, to take energy from this place, uh, uh, you know, where a lot of pain and hurt has happened. However, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you had a difficult upbringing. Uh, is, is this your way of coping with things that happened uh, early in your life? Well, um, it's, a, it's a good question. I'm, I don't feel I'm taking anything per se from the the, the buildings. I feel I'm, I feel the energy that's there is, is human energy. And mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, the darkness is, is something that is in w- within all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think if we just, you know, open the newspaper, I mean, we look at history. I, I always use Columbine as an example too. Like right. Columbine happened, it's in our consciousness and we push it aside. And of course, Sandy Hook and uh, it continues. It's yeah. continuing because we're not addressing things. Uh, but that energy is there. It's, it's around us all the time. I mean, um, my own, um, you know, trauma that I went through as a, as a child, I mean, um, I went through a lot of abuse. I had no support. My, my father used to, um, burn my work, artwork. And that's why I, you know, when you're, oh, wow. wow, it's going to wow. be an initial traumatic. Hit because, yeah. He said, like, you know, he didn't want me to be an artist and, um, you know, see, he would, uh, gather up my work and burn it in the fireplace and make mm-hmm. me watch, that's you know, terrible. but that for me, for some, for whatever reason, I mean, that mm-hmm. gave me fuel to. Yeah. continue. Um, mm-hmm. It just made me want it more. I mean, spite is a good motivator. Um, and uh, I, in some ways, I became an overachiever, you know, putting everything I had into my to my artwork. Maybe that wasn't but, a coincidence um, either. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if there are coincidences. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the buildings I go into, I, I'm not, I mean, I feel I'm creating a voice for those who didn't have a voice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the paintings or, or what I'm doing... Um, the paintings do, I feel, in a way, belong there. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to put them in a gallery. And I've had galleries since offer, you know, you should have an exhibition here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I, I want to keep them in these buildings because um, when people stand in front of it, it, it is a voice for the people who were, you know, incarcerated right. or, mm-hmm. you know, um, abused or thrown into a, a, a mental asylum under and, and abused or tortured. And There's so many horrific things that occurred. And this energy that's floating around... I'm 
feel I'm picking up on it, and I'm merely just trying to um, recreate this energy and, and hang it back into these places so that people can observe and feel that. Yeah. And when they feel that, it, they tend to look with inside themselves because, again, this is human energy, so they'll connect it with whatever they need to connect it with. And, um, I mean, uh, as far as, I mean, I'm putting everything into this exhibition, mm -hmm. and um, it just, it feels... Um, uh, it feels like a very positive healing thing that that is occurring. Uh, I'm going to read an excerpt here from your website, darkinthewounded.com. That is the website for the, the, the series of work. Yeah. Correct. On the website, we find, uh, and, and just bear with me, folks, I'm going to read <laughs> a little bit. Uh, quote, humans have been on Earth for close to 200,000 years, and yet so much of our suffering has not been uh, sufficiently solved. When we move through our lives not looking at issues or wounds, some of which have been passed on from generation to generation, we remove ourselves even further from solving our problems. The fact is, whether we want to see it or not, in each of us there are wounds. We carry emotional scars from trauma, abuse, abandonment, and fear. Some wounds are deeper than others, but all result in suffering. These wounds, if ignored, manifest in transmuted ways. When we are caught in denial and refuse to look within, we cannot heal. Uh, do you think that that is the purpose of this exhibit, to heal? Is that the, the goal? That, that is the goal, is to mm -hmm. connect us. I mean, as an artist and a human being, I, I'm kind of, I've, I've had my fill. I'm fed up. I mm -hmm. mean, um, I, I remember, like, I mean, I'm constantly, I mean, it, it, uh, Columbine, mm -hmm. uh, you read the paper, school shootings, rape, yeah. you know, child abuse, all the stuff that occurred, I mean, bothers me. And I remember um, it was what, there was a girl, um, a young woman who was raped on a bus in India. Mm. And um, I remember reading about it in the news and, and I could not sleep for about two days. I was so disturbed by this and mm -hmm. I'm not too sure why it affected me. It just hit me to the corner. I thought, you know, I'm done. Like, this is so crazy. We're human beings on the planet. We're all part of the same species. Mm -hmm. The way we treat one another, what is occurring, we're not looking at issues, and we, we could be creating a better place. And mm -hmm. some people are trying to do that. And, yeah. you know, kudos to everyone who is trying to do something positive. But there's a lot of this darkness and these wounds that we're not addressing. And if we just, it's sort of like that Boko Karana went and kidnapped all those girls in Africa. Mm, yeah. And it's like, bring back our girls. And, you know, and then, oh, do you know what? I'm still not back. What the hell is going on? I'm just, I got so fed up with everything that I, I started to think, you know, we need to start looking within inside ourselves and go, what is causing it? What is, what is the root of all this stuff? Yeah. And why are we creating, like, why are we acting this way? Because we're all kids at one point. And yeah. There's fear. I mean, a lot of it's fear-based. And if we can get over our fears, you know, then we can sort of look at what, what the crux of the biscuit is and, mm -hmm. and really, you know, start to heal things. And that's the, that's the message of the, um, the exhibition, for sure. And then everything else that's occurring is is this wonderful um, side, mm -hmm. um, you know, effect of our side effect of, of everything, like with the images and the drawings and the energy. Yeah. And I mean, it, that's why I say it's kind of taken a mind of its own. Mm -hmm. It's taking a, you know, shape into whatever way it takes shape. But the basic message is that. 
you know, it, it just reminds me, and this is, I guess, a little anecdote, and I would, you know, love to hear just your thoughts on this, because it's something that has stayed with me uh, since a young age when, you know, I was a kid in elementary school, and I remember some kids in class got in trouble because they were, like, flipping off other kids in class, right? And our teacher was actually a sub that day, and she, you know, calmed everybody down and sat everybody down and started talking about, you know, we as, and I, it's crazy because this was, now when I look back on it, it might have been a little too profound for kids my age, but for some reason it stuck with me, so maybe... It was it was the right thing to say at that time. But she was explaining how as humans, we have this this amazing tools, which are our hands. Right. And our hands can be used for so many things. You can hug somebody. You can bring comfort to somebody. You can hold tools. You can hold. And I remember she made a special emphasis and you can hold a, a, a brush and paint a beautiful painting. And she said, why would you ever want to use these hands to hurt somebody else? That I remember that 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 was very exactly right, and and I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I don't know why you you know you talking really took me to that point place, and for some reason I always equated art as 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 medicine in a way, you know, because it is kind of like a healing medium. It, it's something that brings comfort, even if you see something. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Bixinski, who, who, you know, painted these very, you know, post-apocalyptic um, uh, images. Yes, yeah. And, you know, Van Gogh, who, you know, was fighting his own demons and painted these, you know, very dark, brooding images. But if you look at it deep down, they were, they were just seeking healing for whatever they were going through. And that seems almost to be like the curse of the artist <laughs> a lot of times. Well, you know what, what I'm getting at is... You're giving a lot of examples um, where, you know, explicitly it was said that the artists were going through their own emotional problems and they were, you're talking about the healing process they were going through. But it almost feels like James has this ability to extend it and mm -hmm. help heal things outside of his own sphere. Yeah, that, that, it's it's like an extended version of what a lot of talented artists have had and do have, but broader, you know, yeah. it, it is. So James, what do you what do you? I think, but it's a. No, yeah, I was just gonna go hand it over to you. I, <laughs> you were gonna say, what do I think yeah. about that? Well, yeah. you want, I think it's true. Well, I mean, what needs to be done? I mean, I think in the art world, especially, I think art is healing, and art. Um, we've been doing art since you know we were living in caves mm -hmm. and. And um, art has a huge connection with humanity. I mean, as a species, we connect through creativity. And um, art has become such a commodity in so many ways, and people are mm -hmm. missing the whole essence of what yeah. art can do and should be doing. And, you know, instead of, you know, getting into the galleries and, you know, making millions and millions of dollars and mm -hmm. doing this, it's, you know, we, we artists need to be, there was a time, too, where, we led the way and we, we mm -hmm. go now, let's, you know, we're fed up with this and this, this, we're going to point things out and, and, and try and make positive change. Mm -hmm. And that's what needs to be done. I think we all, at this point in time, in the scheme of, of time as, as a human race, we, we need more artists out there and we need people, you know, standing up and, and 
trying to help and trying to heal one another and trying to heal ourselves. That's what it comes down to. And then, I mean, if we, if we, if we're whole mm-hmm. and we feel very good inside and we're healed, you know what? It doesn't matter who cut you off. It doesn't matter about that. You're, mm-hmm. you're feeling pretty good. You know, it's, it's all the stuff you don't deal with stuff and your anger gets the better of you and you're frustrated and you're, you start taking it out on people and then you start, and when we start doing this whole us and them thing, mm-hmm. oh, it's us and it's them, and they're less than we are. So I can treat you like this, and I can call you this, and I can use derogatory terms towards you and because you're not the same as me, but we're all the same. Yeah. And I think we need, we're at a point in time where, uh, I said this once in this in this little spiel I did on YouTube, and I said, you know, uh, it's it's sort of like we're in a car, and we're rushing at 600 miles an hour towards this brick wall, and we're all, all of us are arguing, you know, who's sitting where, and who's got mm-hmm. their belt on, and all we have to do is look through the windscreen and go, do you know what, we're heading towards a brick wall. Like, let's put, apply the brakes here, and slow down, and, you know, create some change, because the world needs it. No, then that that is very true. Um, um, what, what would you say, and that's not at all to be antagonistic here, but um, you know, a lot of artists, whether musicians such as Mozart or painters such as Van Gogh, they only became, unfortunately, you know, famous posthumously. Or would you tell someone to just go for it, even if they're going to live penniless and die in a mass grave? Or, you know, what would you say to someone like that? Who, that was kind of grim, no, a no, mass on, grave. No, Mozart was buried in a mass grave. Okay, true, you got me there. Yeah, you got me there. And it's that's, so sad, but what, how do you, where do you draw the line? You know, what do you say to people who are doing so much good for the world, but not receiving the recognition, at least at the time? But it, I don't think it matters. And I, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm a huge Mozart fan. You know, I mean, we, we haven't learned certain things as, as a species because we look at Van, Van Gogh, as you say, or Van Gogh and, Sorry, and we I'm look sure. at Mozart and we look at different, different people. No, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And, but we look at this and we go, oh, isn't it tragic, you know, that he was never recognized in this time? Mm-hmm. Or isn't it tragic that, you know, Rembrandt became penniless? Or isn't it tragic? But, you know, we're not, doing anything to solve this in a lot of ways because we're caught up in a whole different, you know, financial or whatever we're thinking. But I honestly think that in the scheme of time, this is how I look at it. I mean, I, I had a sister who was murdered when I was 19 and it changed my life completely because wow. um, I realized then that how fleeting life is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is, it goes by so quickly that, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're here for a short time. So it's, is it about, my question, I guess, is: is it is it about what we what we can get while we're here, or is mm-hmm. it about the legacy we're going to leave behind? Mm-hmm. Because we're not here long, True. Yeah. and we don't know how long we're going to be here. I mean, we could you could find out you have cancer next next week, and then mm-hmm. everything changes for you, or your or your life could end in a tragic car accident. You know, we hope nothing bad happens to people, but we have no idea how long our life is going to be. So it's not really what we can get while we're here. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of what can I leave? I look at my life as not a curtain that closes at the end, but a curtain that opens. And people will look at my life and go, 
holy crap, look what this man did mm -hmm. yeah. with his art, yeah. and look how much he created, and you know, he was so passionate, because when the curtain opens, you look, you go, wow, because we have one life, and we, we make choices. Mm -hmm. It's all about what choices we make, and it's not about, it's tragic that people end up penniless, but mm -hmm. to me, do you know what, I've been homeless, I, I've had no money, mm -hmm. I've, been, I've had all my artwork burned in front of me, it, it mm -hmm. hasn't stopped me from doing it. Wow. Um, you know, if, if I, you know, and hey, I'm not, you know, of course, live comfortably and eat well, and but it doesn't matter. I mean, mm -hmm. it's more than that to me. It's about the legacy I leave behind, and I honestly feel that I'll be judged long before I'm gone. Like after I'm gone, it's not. It's not about that. It's how many people can I reach and touch while I'm here, and what can I do with my art while I'm here, mm -hmm. and that is what will live way past my length of time being on the planet. That is very true. Well, I think you've got a new job description as motivational speaker. <laughs> Seriously. <as well>. <laughs> uh, James, <laughs> I know I know we're running out of time because you're preparing for this thing, but it, please forgive me if I just steal a few more uh, precious minutes of your time. No, do you know what? Let's keep this. I'm having such a blast right now. This is so much fun. So let's keep going. Uh, uh, I appreciate I that. I have to catch just... a plane in the morning, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm, Don't I'm feel really bad. Glad Tell us it. when you're sleepy yeah. or you're bored. Just, uh, yeah, just make just, up an excuse. Say yeah. you need to we'll, get your food from the oven. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, because uh, it's 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 really. I mean, you're 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 a fascinating individual. And as you were talking, you know, a little. I always resort to uh, pop culture references when I uh, when I can't come up with a more uh, profound <laughs> words to say. But you know, I, uh, it reminds me of the Sandlot. You know, uh, when Babe Ruth's uh, ghost appears to the uh, one of the uh, characters, and he says, "You know, heroes get remembered, but legends never die." And I think. I think that's what you're trying to say right that if you're you know the, the work of an artist it is it, meaningful i always felt that artists leave us with a snapshot of what life was in that space and time and the artists that you know transcend time are the people that that manage to capture an essence now in your documentary you painted a portrait of a young lady and I uh, and you must forgive me. I don't remember her name, but she explained that basically the method you did was you sat with them, talked to them, and you were sketching. And your rule was that they couldn't look at your canvas as you were working on it. Once your, the painting was completed, she claimed that it was a little scary to look at, but. They when she took it home, it. Yeah, later. yeah, when she took it home, she hung it up on her wall and stared at it. And she realized that you had to capture a very intimate, personal moment, almost like a face that, that the rest of the world doesn't get to see. As you can imagine, I was fascinated by that. Can you take us, uh, you know, suppose that, that, you know, one of us is sitting there with you. And I don't mean to ask you to give any kind of trade secrets or, or, you know, how you go about your painting, but what purpose does that serve and how does that lead you to find that fraction of a second, that moment that shows you who that person is really? Okay, well, yeah, that's it's really interesting because, see, what, what I'm trying to, I mean, technically... I feel very proficient. I feel very confident in what I can do. I can I can paint or draw almost anything. I you know I look at or put my mind to. But when I'm trying to capture the essence of someone, it's mm -hmm. not about that. I mean, I need to talk to them. I need to find out 
who they are. And I think we're all a bunch of onions in a way, and you've got to peel away layers. Mm -hmm. People put up facades and, you know, we act a certain way or we behave a certain way. Yeah. But there's a core. There's, there's this core underneath. And when I'm doing someone's portrait, um, usually what I do, and it depends. I don't know, because people will say, how long to do a portrait? And I'll say, I don't know. It could be three sittings. It could be 20 sittings. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Because... But what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the essence of that person. And and by communicating and talking and um, just uh, we'll get a rapport going. And I tend to jump in the deep, I'll jump in the deep end pretty quick. And we get into some interesting conversations and they will give me glimpses of, of how they respond to adversity or, or what happened has happened in their life or different things. And there's an emotional context to that, which... Um, it's almost like I, it, it, that is what helps me see mm -hmm. the image in my head that I'm going to paint. And when I start getting that, the image becomes clearer and clearer. Mm. And then I will create that. And I'm, I'm using, I mean, a multitude of things with color. And, and, um, but there's, a, there's a, um, almost like an intuitive thing that happens where I see in my mind's eye, I see this clearly. I can see what they look like or I can see what you look like. But when you give me that essence, mm -hmm. I know that's it. I mean... There was one time where I was painting this actor, and and I we did probably I'm going to say at least twelve sittings, and I mm -hmm. could not. The sittings consist of me trying to draw this person, and uh, um, I was really frustrated. And then he called me one time, and he said, "I've got to cancel the sitting because this whole thing happened, and he was in this terrible state." And this, mm -hmm. and I said, "Get your ass over here immediately," <laughs> because I you know, and I coerced him into coming, but. All of a sudden, I saw exactly who he was. Mm. Oh my God! He had let all his guard down, and I go, "That's what I'm looking for." Wow! And and when I did his portrait, he just went, "Oh my God! You've no." And his mother cried in front of the portrait. He said, "Oh wow! Oh my God! You've captured the essence of my son." And and uh, that was what I needed. And I'm not too sure. Like I said, some of it's intuitive, but it's. I think we, we all have the, this core, and that's mm -hmm. what I, I like to get at. You know, it's strange because as, as soon as Frank posed the question, um, because I, I majored in philosophy and I, I studied, you know, Plato a lot, and essence is the first thing that came to mind. And, you know, his belief was that everything, not just everyone, ha has an essence. And, it you know, it's exactly what you're describing. You are extracting um you know some people call it a soul you can call it anything but you, you're extracting that aspect of a thing or a person and yeah i think that's pretty incredible it, it it's it's incredible and it it's funny because when it happens i i it's not that i see it but i feel it mm -hmm. and it's that feeling i get um, and I'll know when it happens because it clicks. And that's when like a 12 sitting, 12 portraits, uh, like sittings for the portrait. And then, uh, that 13th sitting, you know, I had that painting done within two sittings and, yeah. and it happened so quickly because I was able to just feel this. And that's, I'm not too sure. I, I don't even, I can't even put my finger on it totally. I can't explain it fully. It's like I said, it's sort of intuitive, but it's, there's a, it's that energy. It's it's uh, just tapping into the the core energy of who that person is, and this is where I think it transfers into these buildings. Where for whatever reason, if this energy is floating around, uh, it's 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 
it's coming into my head and and I'm able to capture it as well for some reason, which is odd because I've never had that happen except for sitting having people sit in front of me. Um, I have one question and it's a bit of a tangent, but I'm just worried that I'll, I'll forget to ask it. Um, you know, seeing some of your documentaries and reading about you, you really do draw or paint or you're doing something creative all the time and you know whether it's at a restaurant and drawing on on a napkin or at home drawing on some random piece of paper um are you ever worried that you're not going to be able to shut off or you know to me it sounds stressful almost it's it's uh like a, a type of anxiety constantly having to do something or is it actually the opposite for you is it is it a stressful experience feeling the need to get all these ideas out no what, what's stressful is is having um other aspects of reality come in and, and infringe upon that okay you know having people you know want to talk to you or, or you know the phone ring or having to you know do <laughs> mundane things in reality um, but as far as that no do you know what it's i mean i've it's, it's gonna sound crazy but i mean i've drawn so much my hands are are so numb from drawing i've taped pencils to my hand or brushes to my hand so i don't drop them and um it, it's never uh never a problem for me it doesn't it doesn't create anxiety it creates a lot of peace with inside me i think it's just the opposite. What causes me a lot of stress is is having to leave the studio or being interrupted from yeah. that. So that, that's what causes me stress. Um, this is just general interest of mine, I guess. Do you have any um, other pastimes or hobbies? You know, do, do you ever think to yourself, "Oh, I'm just gonna sit down in front of the fire and listen to this album," or I'm gonna go? cook a really nice meal because it's therapeutic I, I, do you have anything else that you do and you sit down and you just relax or does that just not happen in your life <laughs> uh, um well there's been there's definitely been long periods where i've had nothing but i mean a uh, music i love music mm -hmm. and um um i listen to music almost all the time when i'm painting as well or drawing okay um what do, do i do i yeah i mean there, there are things i like to do but they're they're little temporary breaks, um, I guess, for in between. Like, um, I like to go for a motorcycle rides sometimes, or I'll, you know, yeah, definitely enjoying some music or, or mm -hmm. a good movie or theater or something or some opera, you know. But it tends to be creative things that just fuel my that the juices, you know. Okay. Uh, James, actually, to go along with that, we had a question in the chat room. Uh, Professor Madness wants to know what your first concert uh, was. And uh, the reason why he's asking that is because he says that a lot of artists have revelations in the mind at their first concert. My first concert, um, okay, I would say my, my first concert that I saw, um, I guess we're talking like it'd probably be a rock concert, I guess. That's what I went to. Um, and I saw Rush. Oh, wow. Perfect. Rush. <laughs> That, that was my first concert I ever went to. That's a heavy first concert. I will tell you that much. Rush is a it's 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 that's a, a crazy concert, band. Yeah. yeah, that's that's one band that, uh, yeah, will definitely stimulate your uh, <laughs> artistic juices. <laughs> um, what are what are some of the music? <laughs> what is some of the music that you you like to listen to when you're painting? Does it depend on what you're trying to paint? 
Um, it's, it sort of does depend on mm-hmm. what I'm trying to paint. I'm, 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 uh, I love classical music. I mm-hmm. love, um, I love rock and roll. I mean, I love, um, I'm a huge Bach fan. Bach, brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And there's something about Bach that, that takes me, uh, it takes me away somewhere. And piano. I mean, p- uh, there's something about the piano. I, this is going to sound like a weird analogy, but I, I kind of compare the piano to a horse in a way, like yeah. the way a horse moves. Horses are almost supernatural. I mean, they're beautiful animals, but the way they run and they just, they're, they're almost otherworldly. Mm-hmm. And I feel the piano was like that for me as well. Like when I listen to the piano, it takes me places uh, in my mind that is just, uh, yeah, whole otherworldly places for sure. And somebody... Um, but I mean, I'm... I'm a, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to ask. Somebody, <laughs> yeah, actually finish your thought because my, my question would... Yeah, well, I'm just going to say just along that same lines. I mean, I, I'm a Beatles fan. I love... Perfect. Stones. I mean, I, I mean, I, I love rock and roll. I mean, I love you know everything. I mean, music, anything. Mm-hmm. I, I think when people put their heart and soul into something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dire Straits, brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. Steve Ray Vaughan. I mean, there's so right. many brilliant musicians and bands and and composers and you know phenomenal. I mean, which actually brings me to a point. There's um uh, with this whole series, uh, a friend of mine um, who composes. Uh, movies scores in mm-hmm. Hollywood. He's done a score for the dark and wounded, which we play at all these events. And, uh, his name's Jeff Dana and he's a brilliant composer. Like he's just genius level. This guy blows my mind. And, uh, he's created this whole soundtrack that goes with the paintings. And I, um, I used to hang out with him when we were younger, we lost touch and I had no idea actually he was in Hollywood. And I, I was in uh, LA and at a little uh, soiree and mm-hmm. I was talking to this director who said he was working with, with this, uh, you know, um, guy named Jeff Dana. And I said, Oh, I used to know a Jeff Dana back in the day. And, and, um, and we used to play guitar together and stuff. And he said, nice. um, Oh yeah, you know, and, and I connect with him and it was my friend Jeff. And when I told him I was doing this sort of dark and wounded, uh, series, I showed him some of the paintings and he, he, you know, got really inspired mm-hmm. by it, and then he did some music, and I got inspired by that. And so he's contributed a whole a lot to this uh, as well, which is also, I mean, the combination between the, the uh, venues, mm-hmm. you know, the artwork and the, and the music all together create this, and that's why I call it an experience, because it definitely is an experience. No, it's true. And and speaking of Jeff, um, Dana, he has worked on some projects that I'm I'm a big fan of. Uh, n- number one of, of the things that I see he's done is the Boondock Saints, which I love that movie. Anybody that knows me knows I, I went as far as getting a tattoo of, you know, a well, Boondock themed tattoo. You know, and Silent <laughs> Hill. Yeah. yeah, Silent Hill, uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Um, yeah, and uh, Terry Gilliam, who's who's one of my all-time favorite directors for sure. I mean, he's uh, Jeff Dana, definitely a super super talented individual. Um, a great person to ha- to have on your side when uh, with a work like this, the the dark and the wounded. I was going to ask you if somebody were to you know grab your phone or your iPod or you know whatever people are using to listen to music nowadays. Uh, what what was what's the first thing they'll they'll find? Um. If they, if they first, did you want, okay, uh, the first thing, and I've been listening to this, it's really funny, I've been, I downloaded this, uh, 101 great hits of the 1940s. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, and, and, uh, it's phenomenal. It just takes me, again, it takes me to this uh, whole other time period. And I just, and uh, I'm listening to it constantly right now. It's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's great. Do you, do you feel your output is 
different? And do you think it reflects the music that you're listening to? Well, yeah, it it does. There's something that's occurring, I think, in the series that's um, I, I seem to be delving into um, uh, a sort of World War II aspect of of things, and uh, the music mm-hmm. definitely takes me to an, into this place where. You know, I think we had a different outlook on on the world, a view of the world. The songs represent that a lot too, and it definitely, um, yeah, it brings me into this realm where it's um, I just feel differently. Yeah. Um, on that note, have you ever considered, or have you actually already um, uh, undergone some sort of series or an experiment where you perhaps listen to a different? music from different eras or different genres you know like let's say listen listen to a heavy metal song followed by something else followed by a classical piece followed by a baroque piece i, I have you experimented in that way and looked at the results um no i haven't really experimented with with um a range except when i'm you know, busy painting, I hit shuffle on my iPod and mm-hmm. it just goes and, and goes randomly. But, um, yeah, the music definitely has an impact on, on what I'm doing. There have been times where, um, where I've just had this feeling, like, for example, I mentioned Bach. Um, mm-hmm. there was an incredible painting I did once and I called it the composer and, mm-hmm. um, I just, I put on this Bach and it was just, it was really crazy because, um, the painting was, the canvas was sitting there and I wasn't too sure what I was doing and I actually mm-hmm. switched to Bach, I remember, and um, I started lighting candles. I turned all the lights off in the studio and I lit candles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did all the painting by candlelight and uh, wow, this painting was pretty, um, when I was done, it felt, it felt, well, while I was doing it, it felt like I wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. And when I was done, I had to really absorb what I had done because it was very, um, very different different than anything I had been doing for sure at the time. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd be fascinated to be able to see the outcome because, you know, tying the different ideas and theories together, um, let's say, you know, given that you have a certain uh, gift or ability to channel certain energies, whether it's um, in a certain space, such as a building, or whether it's through a different medium such as music, yeah, no, I'd be absolutely fascinated to see how the different outcomes, you know, are presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that was well, just it's, a it's thought. Maybe something. in the future. <laughs> no, but no, it's something that yeah. I mean, no, of course, I would have to, you know, when I get some spare book time, which is almost rare. You can yeah. call it. You can call it the dark yeah, and that's... musical. No, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking broadly here. Imagine no, I know it's. But imagine, I mean, it, it's 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 a gift, think, right? What you have is a gift. I, and imagine being able to listen to some Mozart mm-hmm. or Bach and being able to channel the energy they had at that time yeah, I'll, into something visual. I have to concur with, with Genevieve because, I mean, obviously, uh, James, without a doubt, without a doubt, and, and, and I'm being honest... Uh, as opposed to every other time, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm being honest, and I'm saying, I mean, you're <laughs> you're a very gifted artist, and I think that when you know uh, people like myself or Genevieve come across somebody like you, that's almost like a a a a, a of in it of itself. Like you're just you know a, a very unique individual. It's almost like your brain just starts going into overdrive. It's like, oh, I wonder what this person could do if they 
did this, that, or the other. Do you get a lot of requests like that? I mean, do you get people that go like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. Have you ever, like, would you be willing to do this, that, or... Well, there's a lot of that, yeah, for sure. There's a there's a lot of times where people have, you know, been curious. I mean, mm-hmm. and even just my my output when people see what mm-hmm. I can do, and I mean, usually when people walk in the studio, they they immediately go, "How, how many artists are here?" <laughs> um, you know, and I go, "Well, it's just, just me," and they're going, "Wow, well, which personality did that one?" Oh wow! Um, because it's it, there, there's so much that comes out, mm-hmm. and um, I just sort of give in to the creativity and allow it to happen, and. And yeah, there's always people have different ideas or want me to involve with certain things. But um, yeah, for me, as long as it's true to what mm-hmm. I'm doing, then then that's fine, you know. But I'm I'm definitely always curious. I mean, I, I've got a very curious mind anyway. And um, I I um, I mean, I've worked very hard at at becoming a, a good painter and a good artist. But um, I'm I'm certainly um, I'm open to anything that's sort of coming my way and and mm-hmm. just to you know, see, see where this t- all takes me. It's, 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 uh, it's just a bit of a trip you know, being on the planet in general and, and just going on this ride all the way to the end. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. And uh, real quick, you obviously been to some amazing locations in this, you know, dark and wounded series. What are some of your dream locations that you would like to visit to continue this theme? Well, um, yeah. I mean, Alcatraz is, is a, is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, right after Alcatraz, we're doing uh, Preston Castle, which wasn't necessarily on the um, the route mm-hmm. that we were originally going to take, but it's, yeah. it's such an incredible building just yeah. outside Sacramento, and we want to check that out. Yeah, I heard a lot and, about about um, Preston Castle uh, from uh, friends who are into you know the paranormal, and we've had guests who done investigations out there. You should probably you will probably have a great time at Preston Castle. <laughs> uh, well, that and we're going. We're going to um, L.A., uh, Preston Castles, May 7th, and, and we're going to a place called Casa de Rosas in uh, downtown L.A. on May 10th, which will be an interesting uh, building, too. Yeah. Some crazy stuff in there. But we're, we're off to Europe uh, next year, and that's where I'm getting really interested. I mean, originally mm. we were going to the Tower of London, and... Um, this is one of those things that sidetrack. Like we were going to the Tower, we thought, okay, we'll hit the Tower of London, lots of darkness in there and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I did this series. All of a sudden, I got hit with this, and I talked about visions. Like I just got these all these imagery coming to me, uh, and I started doing these paintings. And I thought, what is it I'm painting? I thought, this all got to do with Jack the Ripper. I thought we got to have a mm-hmm. show in Whitechapel. Wow. We, we got to do. I want to do an outdoor show in Whitechapel. And I think one of the anniversary of, of his last victim is coming up, and, and we want to do a show um, there mm-hmm. in London, just you know, in the same, walking the same streets, and nice. we do an outdoor exhibit, which would be kind of unique at night, you know, um, in the same route and uh, that uh, Jack the Ripper took, which is mm-hmm. pretty phenomenal. And then going into Europe, um, there's a place that I went to uh, to check out. It's called Ordorser Glen, and um, it's an old abandoned town that it was um the nazis even though d-day had happened they were losing the war this group of nazis mm-hmm. went into this village and massacred everyone like oh, in, wow. in the entire village and disfigured all the corpses and oh, i dear. mean burned people in the ovens it was just horrific mm-hmm. but what happened was um president de gaulle right after that said you know do not touch this village leave it exactly as it is mm-hmm. um, as a monument to the brutality of, of war and and what the Nazis did and um, 
you walk into this village, it's exactly as it was June 10th, 1944. There's, there's bicycles still outside the cafe. It oh, is wow. crazy. And there's like bullet holes everywhere. And this, the energy in that building or that village is just absolutely incredible. Wow. And so we're hoping to get, get into there as well. So there's a, there's a bunch of places, uh, we hope to hit in, uh, in Europe. Europe's full of, uh, so much history and so much dark and wounded history. You know, I, I can't wait to get there. And and apparently, um, and this is according to one of the newsletters that we recently received, um, you're also going to be going to um, the Paris catacombs, the Berlin bunkers, and a concentration camp in Poland, which, I mean... A lot know, of heavy to, places. Yeah, to top a the A lot list of heavy off, places, yeah. That's... Mm, I mean, I can only imagine what that experience will be like. And, you know, interestingly, the experience for... Every exhibit will be different, obviously, because of that nature. So, exactly. Every, yeah. I mean, every venue is different, mm -hmm. and, and the energy is different. And where the where the paintings hang, uh, the thing with the paintings is that the, the series keeps growing because I continue to add to them through either paintings I'm doing at the venues, drawings I'm doing at the venues, mm -hmm. and ones I'm just doing at the studio as well. So mm -hmm. it's continually growing, and um, each painting. I mean, the paintings travel into each venue. And um, uh, even though so some collectors have purchased some, they all have to be included in the um, in the bulk of, of the exhibition, and they, they travel mm -hmm. with it. And mm -hmm. each venue that they hang in, it's a, it's a different feel. Even though the painting's the same, the whole feeling for the painting is different based on, on the venue it's hung in. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, there's a lot of people have said there's a lot of... Uh, it's it's very healing and change. When we first did this, um, and I mm -hmm. organized this at this asylum, the first thing we saw, which and I've done hundreds of exhibit, exhibits all over the world and had exhibitions uh, in galleries and various warehouses and places, and uh, this is the first time I've mm -hmm. seen people standing and literally weeping in front of mm -hmm. paintings and strangers comforting people. And I went, this is so incredible. Uh, I'm onto something really big here. Mm -hmm. And and this is the same that sort of happens. There was there was one gentleman. Um, that the whole crew, I mean, we, we saw he was standing in front of this painting, mm -hmm. a painting of a sort of uh, a woman in anguish in this chair. Mm -hmm. And um, he was in front of this painting for uh, over an hour. And um, he was crying and was comforted. And, and a couple of days later, I, I get an email from him. And mm -hmm. he said um, uh, he, was, he was gay. He came out of the closet when he was mm -hmm. 16. His parents' family completely disowned him. Oh, wow. And... Um, he, so he didn't, didn't have a family, and he's mm -hmm. older now. And mm -hmm. he said that he stood in front of the painting and realized that painting was his mom. Oh. His mom has issues, and she's in pain. Wow. And it has nothing to do with him. And he said, all of a sudden, I felt in front of this painting, there was this weight completely lifted off my shoulders. I felt completely free. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my fault. He said, I phoned my mom and said, I was at this art show. I saw this painting. It's you. You're in pain. She breaks down. She's crying. They decide they're going to get together and have lunch. And he emails me and tells me he's got a mom again. Wow. That's no. incredible. That, wow. That's mental. I'm speechless. Yeah, I, I'm literally speechless. Art. No, well, you know how people say art brings people yeah, together. No, that, it's, that, it's, that's the very epitome of it right there. Right? I, I, I am literally... Um, speechless i mean that is such an 
I think that, that one of the, you know, humanity <laughs> leaps a lot to be desired. You know, James, we, we uh, I don't know if, if you knew coming into the show, but, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of fringe topics, you know, ETs, UFOs, paranormal stuff, et cetera, et cetera. We've been very fortunate and blessed to have some amazing people come on the show. Honestly, uh, it, this is one of the few times I find myself um, speechless because it really... A lot of people that have been on the show have said, you know, humanity, you know, we're almost being quarantined. We're, we're like the worst of the worst, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, we are capable of such an amazing thing like art, you know, and a lot of people compare us, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't want to go into a big, you know, philosophical um, debate. But a lot of people compare us to animals and, and in the midst of all the destruction and all the horrible things we do, it's crazy that humanity manages to be one of the most powerful living life forms that can produce art. And it's this art that can heal wounds that are not physical. And to me, that is mind-blowing to hear you talk about how a painting could cause this stir this and i mean to me it's just amazing it, 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 like i said I'm, I'm i'm really uh at a loss of words right now um, believe it or not i guess you know in line with the themes of this show do you feel that that painting that specific painting that you were talking about do you feel that somehow maybe right maybe you you had painted this man's mother Somehow you had channeled the energy, possibly from another part of the world. Do you, do you feel that it may have actually been his mother that you painted? Uh, you know, well, out you of know the what? blue. I actually don't. Yeah, I, I don't think I painted his mother. Okay. I think I painted an energy that is similar to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. w when I was doing that painting, uh, it's funny because um, I I come in contact with someone who had who was very uh, um, just misguided and just. Um, uh, just not well. Uh, a <laughs> you know, certain in archetype whole, in, in of in the a mental person. Way of, uh, yeah, yeah, and and uh, like her, the energy of the the painting is about someone who's uh, hurting and in pain and mm -hmm. and not dealing with things. And I think what what happened is, and this is what I mean about this energy, the energy that I tapped into to create that painting, um, this gentleman who was standing in front of it I mean mm -hmm. I don't I didn't necessarily paint his mother but he picked up mm -hmm. on that energy yeah. and that energy to him was his mother yeah and that's what he saw in the painting now someone else may have stand in front of that and say oh my god that's my mm -hmm. you know girlfriend or mm -hmm. I don't know that right. might be someone like this or mm -hmm. yeah. that's someone I used to know I mean or they might just even it might they might not even identify with that yeah uh, type of energy and they might walk past it and not feel anything but then they'll come across another mm -hmm. painting and go yeah. oh my this is affecting me where it won't affect someone and and this is what's so great about about doing this is it's uh it's not just what all these paintings are so unique mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're unique and like i said in the venues but they're each one is individually is unique and i mean it i put a lot of uh my energy go, uh, so much energy goes into these paintings mm -hmm. and the fact that people can stand in front of them and feel something mm -hmm. and integrate it into their own consciousness and their own core, you know, is, is what it's all about. And, and the fact that it can, it can create things like what well, I was just so moved when mm -hmm. this, you know, I got this email, I'm just, 
that's phenomenal. I, I think that's just that just made has made everything worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Now you talk about painting and and the, you know all the all the um, energy that goes into it. Um, how do you feel? Uh, first of all, I guess it's a it's a two part question. Number one, how do you know when a a a, a piece, an art piece that you've been working on, is complete? And number two, how do you feel? Do you feel like you've left, like, do you feel drained? Are you tired? Do you feel like you left everything on that canvas? And the reason why I ask is because you're, you, you, uh, from watching your documentaries and reading about this, you're working on, on numerous pieces at one time. Up to is this, 20, yeah, apparently. Is this just like a, a fountain of, of yeah. energy that keeps going? Uh, so, yeah, question number one is how do you know when a painting is complete? Because I've heard a lot of artists talk about this. Like uh, some people say it's never complete. Other people know when it's complete. And number two, how do you feel afterwards? Are you tired? Are you drained? Or is it because you're working on so many things that, you know, you just keep going? Uh, well, uh, to answer the first question, uh, it's sort of intuitive. Uh, it just feels done. And it feels done. I mean, you can go back to a painting uh, a month later, a year later, and it's different. But I look at mm-hmm. it as it's a moment in time. Yeah. It's, it's how I'm feeling, that energy at that moment. And this is one of the reasons why I will stay awake sometimes for two or three days, because that energy needs to be transferred. I don't mm-hmm. want it, and I don't want it being interfered with. I don't want to be all of a sudden take a break and go away and come back because it's going to be a different feeling. Yeah. I want to follow that through and, and maintain that, mm-hmm. the essence of that energy while I'm painting it. And, and when it feels complete, it's done. And of course I could go back and finish it. Maybe it's never done. I think it's never done because you go back and you have a whole different idea of what it is. Mm-hmm. But if you allow that to, to flow, um, that energy and, and just exhaust it, then it's complete. And if you don't and you keep going back, well, of course you can work on it forever. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's more intuitive. And the second part of the question, I mean, I love the Ernest Hemingway quote, you know, what, what's it like to be, or how do you be a writer? He goes, it's so simple. You just sit down to your, in front of your typewriter and bleed. And <laughs> I think it's, it's the same thing. I mean, you, you put everything into it. So in one way I'm drained. Mm-hmm. Um, but these images in my head are, um, I do work on 20 at a time. I mean, at, at times I'll do, you know, usually, I mean, I'm doing at least, I would say in a bad year, I've done six or 700 paintings and sometimes it's over a thousand a year. Bad year. <laughs> and I'm creating, um, I'm creating so much that, I mean, I'll be a little bit exhausted, but the, the next image is right there for me to create. And I feel, um, I feel pressure because I don't feel I'll get everything done before I die. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many images in my head. Um, I have no fear of death. Um, the one big thing, I, I mean, I hate to die because I'm going to not be able to paint anymore um, and get all these ideas out. But I'm drained in one way, um, but I'm energized in another way, if that makes sense. No, I, I, I understand. Because can the, I, the, uh, on that note... Ahead. Of course you can. <laughs> On that note, have you ever left an idea un, undrawn or unpainted? Um, I have at times. There's a few times in my life I have, and it, it really bothers me. It, it's uh, and I've gone back to it. And it's not again. It's not the same. And um, usually, I mean, I'm I have my sketchbook with me all the time, and. Um, yeah, I've, I, I'll get it if I, I need to get it out one way or another. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also the multitude of mediums. I mean, it's one of the reasons I, I've studied so intently on, on different mediums. Um, certain mediums work faster than other mediums, too, depending on what the image is. I mean, to, to do a sketch or to do a watercolor is much easier than doing a large oil. or mm-hmm. And sometimes the image will demand it, but it is easier. I think it, it, it's just, it's, it, it needs to come out. Mm-hmm. So I, I just focus on getting it out. Uh, so what what, what happens? Uh, yeah, no, it it does answer my question, but I'm I'm just wondering whether there's ever a time, you know, what what happens when you have too many ideas for you know to physically put into a material object. Um, I, I get very frustrated. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, that, I, I guess uh, that, I, I yeah, that was get... all. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, it, it creates a, a lot of frustration within me because it, it doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I can go out and say I'm teaching a class or if I'm going out and I need to go to the bank or I'm going grocery shopping or something. It, it does, it's in front and foremost in my head. I, it's, I've, I have difficulty focusing sometimes mm-hmm. because uh, it's right there. And if I, it's like it's, if I can get it out... It's like a oh, I can breathe, a I can release. relax a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that that's it's really interesting to listen to that, and it, it's crazy to hear. But I guess it's also a a really great thing. Now, James, earlier on, Genevieve read during your intro something about um, commercial art and commercial artists. You know, here in LA, and and I'm sure you you come down this way, and you know, you have like the LA Arts District and Melrose, places where a lot of like street artists get up. And man, I'm no art critic, first of all. So, so you know, I I apologize if my view might be a bit. Um, misconstrued but it seems like i i see a lot of these street artists uh, almost trying to be the next uh banksy or the next uh god what's his name his name escapes me but you know he started the whole obey theme uh, uh but basically the point i'm trying to get at is that uh, you know it seems like a lot of artists are trying to get into that you know kind of um, a zone where, uh, you know, the, the, they're kind of embraced by, you know, commercial <laughs> entities, if you will. Well, uh, how do you feel about that? Because you seem like a very organic and visceral type of, of uh, uh, painter and just artist overall. How do you, how do you see it? I mean, because it's kind of like a tug of war. I can see both sides. You know, if I was an artist and I'm trying to make a living from my art and my craft, I would like to see some of my work displayed, you know, say in the next, I don't know, Levi's campaign or something, if it means that I can eat for the next year. How do you consolidate that? I mean, because that applies to musicians and just anybody that's trying to be creative. Well, I think, you know, it's it's funny because I think that the the art that the cream that rises to the top is is the one that's that's true. Mm -hmm. And I think as an artist, you have to be true to yourself. I mean, there's times where. I mean, I did some illustration and I did this, and, you know, trying to make a living. Oh, you know, I'll do this. And it never quite worked out for me. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same. I mean, you look at Picasso and Brock and, and they invent cubism. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, cubism is, is taking off. Well, everyone around Paris, now everyone's painting cubist paintings. And they're trying to like, hey, I'm the next, you know, cubist painter. And, you know, um, it's it's got to come, you know that the stuff that's really good. I mean, the stuff we listen to. I mean, you listen to Pink Floyd. I mean, you know, you can be everyone. Oh, well, we're trying to do this. Pink Floyd just came upon this. I mean, you know, it it 
evolved into what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And when it's when it comes from that true uh, place of, of who you are as an artist, then I think that's what stands the test of time. When you're trying to mimic something mm-hmm. or get into a place where, oh, I need to get in here and make lots of money, it's, it's you're going about it in the wrong way yeah. because there's a million people doing that, you know, and... Um, I, the bottom line is you got to be true to yourself, and and in the end, I mean, yeah, you can get lots of money, and you got your, you know, art up in here, and you're mm-hmm. doing this, and it's on TV, and you're, but in the end, I mean, so you got a big car or a mm-hmm. big house, or what, really, I mean, so you, you've maintained something here, but uh, the art, it's lacking something, and I think you've got to be true to yourself. I mean, artists. Whatever your truth is, that what that's what you need to do. And when mm-hmm. you start, you know, diluting that truth or trying to take on someone else's truth, mm-hmm. it never really works out. You know that that's how I see it. And and you've just got to follow your passion and your heart. And if if you feel that you need to do a, a paint a certain way or do, just do it. And if it's yeah. accepted, great. If it's not, don't worry about it. Like just be true to yourself. And it's chances are it's going to be more accepted. Uh, because it's unique and different, because it's coming from you, and we're all unique and different. Yeah. And we're trying to copy each other, trying to do this, where it's it's all watered-down schlock. And there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I get bored a lot of times. I go into art galleries, and I'm bored stupid, because I see the same stuff over mm-hmm. and over again, and artists trying to mm-hmm. mimic everyone else, or trying to, I want to be the next best thing. Why don't you just be you? And, and just let it come, because it'll develop. You know, sometimes it's a longer process because you have to go through lots of trials and tribulations mm-hmm. to get to the core of, of what it is. And I think that's what people get afraid of too. Like, I don't want to wait. I want to have mm-hmm. this now, but it's, to be an artist is, it's a lifelong commitment. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're either in it for the long run or you're, you know, don't do it. That's what I say. One of my all time favorite quotes was said by um, Miles Davis, who said, it takes a long time to learn to play like yourself. Um, and it seems that that is the case with artists. And and speaking of quotes, because uh, we're 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 you know the minutes keep ticking away here. Uh, what do you make of of uh, you know this? It's become a, a a quite a popular quote that I see a lot nowadays, uh, and it's attributed to Pablo Picasso. And he said, "Good artists copy, great artists steal." And I always wanted to ask this to an a real artist, <laughs> like a real <laughs> painter, like a real artist. What what does that mean to you? Well, you know, it's it's. I love. I'm a huge Picasso fan. You mm-hmm. know, and I mean, this man single handedly changed the face of art. You know, a lot of artists did this within movements or groups or mm-hmm. you know um, isms and whatnot. And this this man was just uh, brilliant. Um, but that quote always bothered me because. Um, I think in a way, um, when you've run out, sometimes he's looking, I think he's, you know, and he he took a lot from the masters too and tweaked it and did his own Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and he stole some ideas. I I think in some ways he's saying, I mean, to just copy someone is my take on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, to copy someone is just, I mean, you're copying them, but great artists, I mean, really look for the essence of what it is and take that. Mm -hmm. That's the way I would like to interpret it anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much stealing, but we all, I mean, we all borrow and take from different things. I mean, there's a lot of paintings I've done where there's definitely influences, Mm -hmm. certainly from certain artists that have come into play because how can we not be affected by each other? But uh, I never like that term steal, you know, because it just seems, I think it's, you know, when you admire someone, you, you know, you, it's an inspiration, uh, I guess you can borrow something from Mm -hmm. them, but you know, but to steal it, it's just, I don't like that. 
at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people um, interpret that quote. Uh, and again, I, like I said, I wanted to ask a real artist because it, it is it can be quite an incendiary thing to say, right? To say that good artists copy and great artists steal. But I think, you know, I, one of the arguments that I heard from musicians, for example, is that, you know, blues, right? Like blues was basically based on, you know, oh, this guy stole, you know, this lick from that guy and this guy stole a lick from that guy. And basically, you know, they kind of take little bits from everybody and create their own style. Would you would you say that um, that that is something that uh, you've uh, managed to uh, to to do? Because honestly, I don't see Picasso when when you paint, or I don't see Dali. I see Dali. I see the yeah, exactly. I don't you see. see I'm not. I don't go like, oh god, this guy just ripped off. And believe me, like I'm not an art person, but you know, I know a few. You know, I know a couple of famous pieces and i can kind of go like oh god that's like a really bad ripoff but with you i mean it's it's very um like i said it's very visceral yeah it's it's just very like it really um god how can i put it into words it just it just conjures up something and it's funny because right now as i'm trying to explain it i'm not pointing at my head but i'm really kind of just hovering over my chest it's something very very visceral that you managed to put onto canvas, do you see this as a result of just all your influences uh, uh, in the art world paired with just your own, obviously, genius creativity? Well, yeah, I, I think what happens is as an artist and you start off, I mean, you you pick up a brush and you mix paints and you're, you're trying to you know mimic certain things and get a, an idea of a feel of, uh, for style or uh, mm-hmm. how do I develop, you know, what I'm doing. Um, I think it requires a lot of energy for sure. I mean, I've put a lot of, lot of hours. I mean, my mm-hmm. assistant, we were sorting out, you know, the 10,000 hour thing, you know, he figures I'm way past a hundred thousand hours now. Wow. But, um, you know, when you put all that time into it, I think what you do is you need to hone your craft and your time, like music, for example. I mean, if you, if you only know three chords, I mean, well, I mean, some people got away with it, but if you <laughs> right. really want to get into it, I mean, you, you, you understand what you do. You, you educate yourself. You, you learn technique. You learn mm-hmm. different things about it. And then you allow your creativity to flow. And, mm-hmm. and what happens is uh, you'll just develop you doing what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's the essence of, of what great art is, I think, you know, because yeah. uh, you're allowing that that to flow and you're not trying to mimic this or do this you're just allowing that intuitive thing to come through and and just happen bono famously said one time a long time ago he said all i need is three chords my red acoustic guitar and the truth and i think that's that applies to art a lot of times all you need is your paint your brushes and just that element that makes us human to paint something that will strike a, a, a deep chord with the people viewing it. James, we're pretty much out of time. I know you're going to have a, 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 an event here in L.A. on May 5th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, can you tell us a little uh, bit about May, that? May, May 10th. May 10th. Yeah, I apologize. May 10th. May 10th. Doing, yeah, which is, which is Mother's Day. And... Uh, we're doing we're doing an event uh, at Casa de Rosa at, mm-hmm. on Hoover Street downtown LA. If you go to uh, darkandwounded.com, all the information's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also at jamespicard.com. Um, there's a link to get uh, 
um, some tickets. Uh, we're selling tickets to to the event, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's we're showing the dark and the wounded. It's part of the series, the tour. Mm-hmm. We have this unique building picked out, and um, if you go onto the website. Um, because it's Mother's Day, mm-hmm. um, we thought it'd be great to do, uh, you know, if you bring your mom, your mom gets in free. That is awesome. <laughs> because You know, we, we're yeah, not too and, far um, from where you're holding the exhibit, so I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm telling my mom to get ready that night because I will not <laughs> miss oh, it for the world. Fabulous. But it, this is a great, this will be um, one of our last um, L.A. events, I think, that we're doing. So it, uh, you're going to experience everything that's happened at Alcatraz, basically, as wow. well. So. I mean, it's a great opportunity to come down and experience mm-hmm. the dark and wounded and, and and be amongst this whole experience. That is amazing. Honestly, fingers crossed if everything goes well, like I said, we'll be there because honestly, James, I would love to meet you in person. I would love to see your artwork uh, up close and personal. I because hope it's, make uh, it down there. <laughs> I, believe me, I will move, uh, 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 you know, uh, heaven and, uh, and everything else to make sure I'm there. Uh, James, why don't you tell people real okay. quick where they can find you and social media okay well um you can get me you can catch me on uh, i've got a twitter account at james picard 333 um uh, let's see facebook i'm on facebook we also have a dark and wounded facebook page as well and i'm also on instagram and uh of course the dark and wounded.com and jamespicard.com has got all the information about you know the tour and everything Mm -hmm. i'm up to and uh, any upcoming events and dates that we'll be having uh, everything's there Awesome. James, this honestly has been a very, very fascinating interview for me. Uh, I, I loved it. I love every segment of it. You're an amazing individual, and I applaud you for for everything that you do. Uh, the Dark and the Wounded, I mean, it, it sounds like it's it's a very... It's it's an experience. It's not an exhibit. It really is an experience. Is. So I encourage no, people, is. if they're going to be in the L.A. area uh, around the May 10th, time mm-hmm. uh definitely check it out check because it, out. it sounds like it's going to be crazy and and we're we'll definitely make our best efforts to be there james thank you so much for calling in thank all you. the way from canada people to I be on this show do you, do you mind if i squeeze in a couple more questions all right hurry up just just <laughs> artist-based questions um i studied art unfortunately not to a high level but i still enjoy painting so two things um one what's your favorite medium to paint in and secondly what do you recommend for artists who you know a lot of the time these materials are expensive you know canvases paints whether it's acrylics oils or anything in between what do you recommend on a pragmatic level and what's your favorite way to work with okay well my favorite uh, thing to work in is oil I love oil paints I mean mm-hmm. I love the way it moves I love the uh, luminosity and the intensity of the color you can get from it so but by, by mm-hmm. far that's my favorite medium to work in okay. uh, as far as you know if you're starting out and I mean I used to I mean, oh my god if you have a passion for I used to I used to this is terrible but I used to I had no money. I would go into laundromats and steal sheets and use them as canvases. Oh, that's great! Uh, where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, I think <laughs> right. you can paint with anything. You don't need the top. You don't need the top. Uh, you know, materials to do it. Yeah. You know, to pick up a pencil and have a sketchbook and mm-hmm. and you know get going and and uh, that's always a great place to start. Acrylic paints, you know, are, are cheaper than you know oil paints. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's lots of places you can just. The main thing is to I think uh, just create. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Mm-hmm. True. 
true. That's great. James, thank you so much. Like I said, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make our best efforts. I think if everything goes well, we, we should be able to meet you in person. I would love to meet you in person. Okay. Um, thank you Perfect. so much I'll for be in LA tomorrow morning. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and thank you so much for staying up with us because I know, like you said, you had to catch a plane and stuff. So, you know, believe me, I, from, from the bottom of my, of my heart, I, I really appreciate you staying on with us and talking everything art and, and, you know, the dark and the wounded, your exhibit. It's been fascinating. It's been a fascinating time and we hope we, we made it enjoyable for you as well. Well, th no, I had a great time. You guys were fabulous, and thanks so much for having me on. It, it was just a great interview, and I I'm really appreciative of it. Well, thank you so much, James, and we'll thank see you on you. this side of the country for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Have a great night, James, okay. and uh, take, take it care. easy. Good <laughs> Bye night, James. Bye. Wow. That was super fun. <laughs> Honestly, Genevieve, you've known me for, for a few years now, and you know it takes a lot for me to be speechless. No, and tonight I, I, was, I was, I found I myself like, wow, really like, it's no secret that is, we love right? art here at West of the Rockies, right? No, but the All thing the is, types of art. So getting a chance to talk to somebody that of this caliber and, and this, you know, level of, of artistic expression, it's, you know, it's very, wow, you know, well, stimulating, I guess is the word I'm looking for. You You don't often meet people who have an amazing gift, right? You you meet people who have a gift or they're they're pretty good at something, right? But you don't meet many people who have like an extraordinary gift, right? Mm -hmm. And on yeah. top of that, on top of that, you don't meet many people with an extraordinary gift that are ridiculously humble yeah. about it. <laughs> Un unaware. Should we let and, people in? Uh, and not Should unaware. Not unaware. Mm -hmm. I, I, that sounds like I'm implying that he's ignorant or something. Okay. But no, yeah. it, it, it's more like yeah, it, it's a certain modesty, a certain like it doesn't matter. It, like I I don't know what it is, but it's something, and I'm doing it right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not one of those things like here I am trying to capitalize capitalize on it. It's just it's here. I'm doing it make of it what you will um but at its core you know he he's not like i said he's humble about it yeah and yeah that, that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah no i was i was just sexing james because honestly um this has been a very very um fascinating interview like i said we here at west of the rockies you know we focus on yeah you know the alternative news the paranormal aliens ufos all that good stuff but we also focus on topics that um you know we feel that 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 connect with with the things that we talk about on this show and i think art you know we love music we play a lot of music we've had musicians on the show um we met musicians who are fascinated by these topics so it's 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 almost like all these things kind of intertwine and to have the you know the chance to talk to somebody who's this submerged in the world of art and leaves or lives <laughs> sorry about that lives breathe and and eats art you know it's it's really interesting um no because... I, I honestly um 
you know, I advise everyone to watch at least one or two of the little documentaries yeah. they have on We'll YouTube. be posting the links. Oh, yep. Or on his website, James Picard's website. I think it's jamespicard.com. Yeah, you can go to jamespicard.com or, or The Dark and Haunted. Let me no, double wounded, check. Wounded. The, the Dark and Wounded. Sorry. That was my Dark fault. Dark and, and Wounded. No, the. Yeah. It's just dark and wounded. Dark and wounded. Either way, um, watch it. Just YouTube it, Google it, whatever. But You'll you watch one away. or two of those snippets, even of when he's painting, mm-hmm. and and this man honestly has no rest from drawing, painting, creating, sculpting, mm-hmm. and that in itself is quite a phenomenon to yeah. talk about. That yeah. in itself, just that in itself. Yeah, for sure. But add to that again, like I said, his complete—he's uh, just a, such a nice guy. That's it. Yeah, That's definitely. It. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> so, like I said, definitely, uh, if you if you're gonna be in the LA area around the May 10th time, you don't want to miss it. The Dark and Wounded exhibit. Um, they'll be here in LA and then they'll go to, uh, you know, San Francisco and he'll be doing his, uh, filming session over there in Alcatraz, which is, like I said, one of the places I would love to visit. So definitely check it out. JamesPicard.com. And, uh, obviously, uh, you know, the website for his, uh, exhibit tour, the dark and wounded, it's dark and wounded.com. Check it out. Definitely support, uh, James. He's honestly i mean uh, a great guy his art is amazing um and and i really dig this whole thing about going to the place and sitting there and painting and all that how about that linda vista no tidbit? I, I think this is more than just digging something I, like i said i you know how i have varying views on what really goes on out there as they say right spiritually um in terms of energy whatever whatever you want to call it right and he definitely taps into something i don't know what it is i don't know whether it's um a different wavelength a different energy a different um realm a different world a parallel universe no, no. but it's one of those things it, it's something like that and he has the ability to tap into it yeah definitely like totally right <laughs> no absolutely no doubt no question um i know we we didn't get a chance to uh, we didn't take a top of the hour hour break i don't know if anybody noticed but we just <laughs> struck straight through once again um by the way, uh, before I go any further, I want to thank Susan for setting this up. Mm-hmm. Um, Once the again. dark and the wounded. Yeah, she's, she, uh, you know, we love Susan. Uh, thank you so much for setting this up with James Picard, amazing artist. Like I said, you, you want to check it out. Go to darkandthewounded.com. That is the exhibit that will be here in LA. You are only eight days, 21 hours, 59 minutes and 59 seconds until dark and wounded in alcatraz happens wow you literally just read that oh yeah that's on the website (laughs) for sure yeah (laughs) they put that nice little counter there uh so definitely check it out if you miss any portion of this show uh sucks for you no i'm kidding we're gonna post it on our website wtrradio.com we just posted the stanton freeman interview for the people that missed it we talked about Mm -hmm. ufos aliens all that good stuff stanton and authority on ufos you know we've had a an amazing run recently. We've had it. We honestly, we're we're um, yeah, we're 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 gonna keep on trucking here. I'm I'm really um, excited because yeah, we've had some great guests. We got a few more guests 
ahead Definitely. who are pretty amazing as Make well sure so tune in. tune in tell your friends um hopefully fingers crossed this all if all goes well we have a, a cool little uh announcement this week nothing major but something that a lot of people have been asking for Frank's i don't want pregnant. Wanna... <laughs> no yeah. pregnant. no not me <laughs> uh or you no. hopefully no yeah okay <laughs> But uh, but yeah, definitely uh, stay tuned uh, to check out the website, WTRradio.com. A lot of cool stuff. We're going to be posting a lot of cool stuff, uh, yeah, for the foreseeable future, I think. We have a pretty busy schedule, to say yeah, the least. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to James doing those music pieces. You know, honestly, I, I'm genuinely interested. If someone just set up some sort of, mm -hmm. not not really experiment, but... It, I guess Maybe he'll uh, let it, us no, but, use him as a... <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, it, it's a type of experiment, yeah. right? Let's choose, I don't know, 10, 20 types yeah. of music. Very, very specific mm -hmm. genres. Give him... We should just uh, take uh, him out to lunch no, and like well, put money in the jukebox and know, just pick have random songs. a playlist songs. ready or a certain song ready for 24 hours worth of songs, right? Mm. I'd be fascinated to see what he would paint yeah. from a, a specific artist, mm -hmm. especially from a certain given, you know, time yeah. period. Yeah. You're not just tapping into their creative energy, you're mm -hmm. tapping into a certain time in the past that yeah. no one else is able to access in, in that way. Yes, you can get um, Anne Frank's chair that she sat on yeah. or something I, i've been in, in the house right you can mm -hmm. see certain mm -hmm. furniture pieces but it's a different type of historical analysis yeah. that's happening and again like i i'd hate to be in his shoes and have to receive all these different mm -hmm. requests and stuff like that but if someday he ever did that I'd yeah. be i'd be fascinated wow no, it would be, uh, yeah, no, it would be great. It, it, honestly, like, you know, and that's why I told them, it's like, you know, when you encounter somebody with his abilities, <laughs> our minds is going to like, oh my God, what if we could put him in these situations yeah, and see what happens, right? And again, like I said, I feel, I feel bad for um, even thinking that way, but. No, honestly, but, but the thing is that in, in a weird paradoxical kind of way, um, it's almost like, you know, like when you recognize that, that humanity is blessed with a gifted individual, it's almost like you want to find out just what their, you know, how far their, 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 their artistic abilities and, and their creativity and, and their, uh, uh, you know, gift can go. So, no, I, I mean, I totally understand. And, you know, like I said, I, I, I enjoy this interview like you have no idea. I want to thank James Picard again. JamesPicard.com is the website. Check out the tour. DarkAndWounded.com is that website. Follow him on Twitter. And believe me, we'll have all these uh, links on our post uh, uh, once we get the show on our website, WOTRRadio.com. Um, but follow James on Twitter. JamesPicard333 is the Twitter handle and because six 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 is not cool enough. It, it, not nearly <laughs> for an individual like James. So uh, we we were very Actually, grateful for what he did. I have no idea what the background to that is. That was just a random yeah, thing just, I, I threw uh, in. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> As always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook. Um, follow the show on Twitter at WOTR Radio. 
and check out the website wotrradio.com a lot of freaking original content I, I was thinking about this today we've been on the air since 2011 we have like so many hours of original I was content say, it's we've a shame. Been on air since like 9 PM. but yeah you know <laughs> what i mean but uh definitely check out the, the website wotrradio.com we're gonna we're gonna start doing like flashback fridays and throwback thursdays to and like shows that were good something back right? saturdays and yeah we'll come up with just any <laughs> random freaking hashtag we'll just use it to our advantage so definitely check out the website we'll be posting a lot of cool stuff on there um and if you like the intro you know like the posts and all that definitely send uh, Genevieve a shout out she's the one that types it all up and makes it look nice and neat and uh, honestly like that Can't website would suck without uh, <laughs> Genevieve um, oh, so you. and you will find <laughs> this show uh, on there in the next few days but like I said definitely check out darkandwounded.com jamespicard.com Genevieve is already wrecking what's left of this place uh, into pieces so we better go <laughs> anyways Genevieve you weigh on Twitter correct yeah not that anyone knows how to spell it so exactly um, and no added flavors Thursday nights at 9pm O-U-R-S also spelled differently in the British way so tune in for that send your requests and all that good stuff tune in next week we have another exciting guest and uh, in the meantime, enjoy this song, Machine Head, I Defy, one of my favorite tracks. Now, what's not a single, but I love this track. I thought, thought it was great. And it goes great all with right, the stuff that we all talked right, about. All right. What? I love Machine right. Head. No, honestly, Machine Head are pretty good, so <laughs> I can't even complain. <laughs> so enjoy this one. Take care, guys. Be safe. God bless. Don't do anything too crazy. We'll see you back next week. Check the website, wtrradio.com, for the post. And follow us, WTR Radio, on Twitter. West of the Rockies on Facebook. Take care, guys. Have a great night. Enjoy your week. Tomorrow is Monday, but hey, tackle it with a smile because Monday hates that. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Independent FM. New York. London. Philadelphia. Japan. Chicago. Paris. San Francisco. Tijuana. Los Angeles, California. The Independent FM. Indie Radio. Live from Swing House Studios in Hollywood. This is the all-new Independent FM.